When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Michelangelo, a.k.a. Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, I'm actually really, really excited for what we're covering. I haven't been we're, like this excited yeah. since covering the last Ronin. <laughs> we're, we're, cha- <laughs> we're changing gears a little bit um, because... Uh, so IDW, uh, the long-running Fantastic Ninja Turtle ser- series over there, is going to have their first huge huge events like that's not based on something that's happened before or uh just a brand new original event to ninja turtles on a scale that's never really been done before um called the armageddon game and uh we've been excited about it um since we talked to tom waltz about it last year and it's finally here and we wanted to take the opportunity to help everybody kind of understand like what's going on because a lot of people, you know, have drifted off of the Ninja Turtles book over the years, um, which, you know, understandable it's 11 years old. Um, and so if you're picking up the book for the first time, you may be wondering like, you know, where's Splinter? Why is Shredder a good guy now? Um, you know, why is the rat King sister? Why is the rat King sister a Fox lady? And a mammoth man. So mammoth, if you a man, will. A mammoth, if you will. Uh, <laughs> and so we wanted to take the opportunity to change gears and kind of give you like a primer um, to kind of understand what's going on, like with the pantheon of these demigods in uh, Ninja Turtles, and kind of help get you either excited or so that when you pick up these books, uh, you know what's going on. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other thing that this does is like now once a month, we'll dedicate it to uh, be getting caught up on the current event on Armageddon game. And that way we can dedicate the other three weeks of the month to getting through the 87 series, because this show is coming up on being two years old now. And we still haven't finished the 87 series. We're still not even halfway through it. I don't think. So, yeah. so, <laughs> I, so I think we're in, just in, past halfway through, but we're like through three different volumes of comics in that same yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say like, it, and it was the perfect timing too because we literally just wrapped up volume three of, of uh, the original series. So, um, you know, before we jumped into like volume four or any of the other side books that we wanted to cover, this was kind of the perfect opportunity to jump into Armageddon game. Even yeah. though we don't plan on covering IDW, you know, for at least for, I don't know, what is that, a, a year or two more out? 
um, this is kind of like the big thing going on in Ninja Turtles, especially in the IDW comic right now, um, that we really wanted to talk about. So yeah. So spoilers uh, ahead. But Spencer, what specifically are we reading tonight? So tonight we're going to be getting fully caught up. So uh, everything Armageddon games. So we're going to be starting with the 2020 annual, the 2021 annual, and then the mini free comic book day story along with opening moves. So uh, the Armageddon game opening moves, number one. Awesome, awesome. Which annual, uh, I mean, the annuals are laced are based off the year that they came out. So you had the 2020, the 2021, uh, the free comic book day from 2022. And then as we recorded this, uh, opening moves came out, uh, I think, was it last week that it came out? Um, Yeah, last week or two weeks ago. So you really only need that. And if you can't find the annuals to read along, uh, they were reprinted earlier this year with a couple additional stories, the prelude uh, to Rat King and the uh, tie-in issue of TMNT number 84 uh, in the Armageddon game pre-game. Yeah, so I mean, it's they've teased everything a lot and there's a lot of different like Armageddon game things that have already come out, but technically the event hasn't started yet. Yeah, so. <laughs> and, and I mean, this is we're this still is still pre-gaming. This yeah. is a thing. Well, I mean, we're on opening moves now, um, but the but what's cool is like this is an event that like Tom has been building for years. Yeah, and you know, granted, there was a whole worldwide phenomenon in the middle that kind of delayed a lot of stuff, but you know, he's back on the book now and writing this, and it, it's great to have him back. It really is. Yeah, I. I have just fallen in love with IDW all over again, reading these books. They have me very excited. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. And it's kind of familiar getting Tom's voice uh, writing again, you know? Yeah. The other, the other interesting thing that I'm wondering, cause they're calling it an event. And so like, I, I don't think that they're, I mean, maybe they will, but like just having like the Armageddon games book and the normal, like in this, the, the single, main series book like i'm kind of wondering if they're going to have any like side series books coming out as well about different characters or not while this is coming out we'll have to see but listening to tom waltz's notes at the end of these books it sounds like it's going to be really really big so so looking at the official solicits right now for what's scheduled to be the chapters of the armageddon game we have prelude to armageddon game uh opening moves one and two Mm -hmm. then armageddon game is an eight issue series yeah. Uh, followed by the Armageddon game Alliance number one. And then the books that are going to be uh, the main from the main series that are tied in are 131, which is the next issue of the main series and up to 138. Yeah. So that there's that Armageddon game Alliance one then. So like that's already kind of a side one we've got. I'm interested to see if they, any others pop up or not. Yeah. It'll be weird because like there's no side books going on. Like Turtles hasn't really, with IDW, Turtles hasn't really had any, like, uh, side books that are kind of tied in. Like, they're always, like, mini and micro series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the closest we had was TMNT Universe, and that yeah, kind of ran yeah. for, like, 25 issues. Exactly. So, like, that was the closest we had to a side book. Um, and 
so so like that was kind of cool when like things kind of threaded back and forth and they use that for world building. Um, so we don't really have that in turtles normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to be launching all of these side books to coincide with the uh, main, the main story. Yeah. Which, I mean, honestly, there are so many characters from these series that like, if they were to just like completely spin off and have their own series, I would be ecstatic about it, but. I'm probably too much of a geek about it and there's probably not enough people that would care enough to probably uh, continue reading those, but I could definitely go for like an angel and Alopex series or just a Mutanimals series. The Mutanimals are kind of in a weird spot right now compared to where they were yeah. during the status quo of one through a hundred, but it would be really cool. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I loved the Mutanimals miniseries. So. Oh yeah. Like that one was great. Anything with the Mutanimals is great. Yeah, yeah, I, I love the details myself. All right, well, uh, should we go ahead and jump into these issues then? Well, be- yeah. before we before we do before we do that, uh, okay, let's right. let's kind of give like a little background on the Pantheon as well. I think because kind of kind of what I was saying up, for, up up top, like a lot of people may have missed out who all of these characters are. So uh, you're bas- basically like they're demigods. Yeah, they're they're uh, pretty much demigods that were like around since it's kind of implied that they like lived in like Atlantis before it sunk. Yeah, and so they uh they've been around for just millennia. Mm-hmm. Um and they've always been kind of behind the scenes encouraging humanity to go in certain directions. Uh they were led by their father the dragon uh who is currently deceased. Uh, were, and yeah, I mean he's kind of a destroyer god. I don't know if they were like really led by him, but well, for yeah, sure if they did, were to bring him back, it would be the end of the world. Yeah, he yeah. I mean he's kind of it's kind of implied that like they all like not a not a Zeus situation, but kind of maybe like Kronos, like the just that kind of destroyer god on top of Zeus. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of the Egyptian one that's like the giant snake that's supposed to swallow everything. It's kind of like that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's dragon. Good, better example. Yeah. Um. So then I you have you have the dragons' uh, eight children, uh, Aka, who was the eldest uh, daughter. She was kind of like a bird. Uh, yeah. She has bird she's arms. A woman with yeah. Woman yeah, with... she was a woman with bird arms. With wings. wings for arms. Yeah. Those bird arms. Bird arms. Sounds like she has an entire like vulture coming out of each shoulder. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, she was introduced in the Casey and April miniseries when they Mm -hmm. went cross country to go find out more about the Foot Clan. Yeah. Um, So she 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 came in like you know years ago. Uh, Then you have Mammoth, who is a mammoth man, and he's kind of like a god of survival. Like he just kind of he loves surviving and like roughing it. And yeah. like being pitted against something to like, like the, the, these aren't come really out on like, top. These aren't really like gods in charge of things. They're more kind of like gods born out of yeah instincts and and desires and stuff like that. So it's like so not like Greek gods. Um, mm-hmm. We're like they're managers of stuff. Like so like think like Akka is like um, what would you say she's like? Kind of like inspiration. You know. Yeah. She, just just kind of the good the light goodwill yeah kind of thing like uh, she's she's like the epitome of, of good amongst all of them essentially yeah 
so that so Manmouth, uh, Chiyu, uh, who is kind of interesting. He's he, you know, he's a warrior god, um, and we met him in the Ghostbusters crossover, mm-hmm. uh, where Kitsune, who has been in the series for a long time, uh, Kitsune kicked him into the into the Ghostbusters universe. And where he got trapped and is still presumably over there, <laughs> some it like locked up in the uh, ghost containment unit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then you have Gathano, who's basically Cthulhu. Yeah, he's pretty much like a Lovecraftian like tentacle monster in a cloak. Yeah. Uh, is that cloak? I thought it was hair. <laughs> oh, maybe it's maybe it's hair. He's he's it's like a cloak love- of hair. It's he's a cloak a- of hair. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a Lovecraftian monster that never says anything. Uh, so. You have then you have Jaguar, who loyal fans of Ninja Turtles might recognize that name. This Jaguar is a little bit different than the one you may know. Uh, she is a god of war, say, essentially. Like, kind of war, but also like she's a protector god of like nature, mm-hmm. um, or at least that's what she kind of is now. Yeah. Uh, then you have Kitsune, who we mentioned already. She's kind of a trickster goddess, more cunning, um, mm-hmm. and kind of a deceiver. Uh, we've seen her throughout IDW all the time. She's been, you know, really tied with Shredder. She's currently married to Shredder. Uh, then you have Toad Baron, who is just a god of gluttony and parties and parties and having a good time. And then the main uh, character of uh, the of this event, uh, the Rat King, who is basically Loki. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, if all of that seemed really weird to you, I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is weird in general. So, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you there. Um, you know, freaky gods like this have kind of always been a thing in Ninja Turtles, but but not to this scale. Mm-hmm. Like they've never had an actual pantheon like this. So I think um, that they actually got one and like kind of this concept was actually born in Tells the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles volume two. Yes. It I wasn't like fleshed out nearly no. as much as this, but it was just mentioned. That's that what I mean. Like we've never had it on characters. That, yeah. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Like we've never had it on this scale before in Ninja Turtles. So no. Um, like where it's fully fleshed out, everybody has defined roles and, and you know motivations, personalities. So, yeah, so that kind of gets you caught up on who the pantheon there. They've who the pantheon are like they've been here the entire time, but now they're now they're taking over. So, now a lot of them are getting written out of the story, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. kind of what this issue, these issues are about. Is actually especially the second annual is about writing a lot of them out of it. Uh, in a way, they developed them out of the story, essentially. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Let, let's let's not jump ahead, though. So, uh, I think now, without further ado, let me tell you a story. The ancient one did tell me a story. I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. All right, my issue, the 2020 annual. Story is by Tom Waltz. Art by Adam Gorham, Gorham, something like that. Colors by John Roch, Mike and Michael Garland, letters by Sean Lee, editor Bobby Kerno still. So that's back before he left. 
Also, I probably butchered a lot of those names. I'm sorry if any of those people hear that. My bad. Uh, so our story starts with Rat King as he watches Shredder tear through demons in hell. He ri- Shredder rises through hordes of them and then wakes up from the nightmare. He's in bed next to his wife, Katsune, now. And the Rat King is there, too. Uh, not in his bed, though, just, just sitting outside of it. Anyway, Rat King tries to convince Oroku Saki to reassume the title of Shredder and take back the foot. Shredder refuses. He has a new chance at life and hopes to make up for the wrong he committed. Rat King is disappointed and abandons what he was hoping could be a new piece for his game. He moves on to the next subject of interest, Karai. Karai is trying to rebuild the foot. She's chewing out her underlings and wants more to have been done uh, because, you know, they have to rebuild everything after the city at war arc where, you know, the foot clan was at war with itself, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, Splinter was the leader of the foot clan and she killed him. And, and yeah. So because uh, she can't rebuild everything fast enough, she now is going to make plans to send soldiers to go speak with old Hob and give him goods in exchange for mutants uh, to be in her army. Rat King likes what he's seeing and plans to use her later. He moves on again. Now he's watching Angel and Alopex on a mission from Harold to destroy the turtle van. Uh, Harold has salvaged some new gadgets and gizmos from the alien wreckage and is building a new one. And so he doesn't really want the old one laying around to fall in the wrong hands. When Angel and Alopex find the van, they see Leatherhead is inside it, but it's not just Leatherhead. Krang is in his stomach fighting for control. The Utrom are parasites and they take over their host. And so now the two are battling against each other for control. Krang is trying to use the van to communicate with Burno Island for reinforcements, but Leatherhead is making it hard by uh, refusing to do so. The Rat King draws their attention to Angel and Alopex, and they clash. In the fight, Alopex is able to find the van's self-destruct mechanism and set it off. They get out of it, and it explodes. Leatherhead walks him and Krang into the flames. He plans to kill them both. Rat King freezes time first. He makes Angel and Alopex forget the whole thing and sends them on their way. And then he gives Krang temporary control over Leatherhead to get him to leave and look for uh, new ways to get assistance. He's going to have a use for them too. The end. So that brings us to TMNT annual 2021, originally published on July 28th, 2021, uh, almost a year ago to the day. If you listen to this when this episode drops, uh, written by Tom Waltz, art by Casey Maloney, inks by Maria Keen, colors by Luis Antonio Delgado, Letters by Sean Lee and editor is Bobby Kernow. So this is a long issue, uh, but I'll try and keep it short and sweet. So Rat King is reminiscing about the game him and his siblings play and recaps Kitsune's failure to resurrect their dragon father. Rat King goes to visit his remaining brothers and sisters. Jaguar is not interested in continuing the game. Uh, she's found a purpose protecting the rainforest in South America. Toad Baron is not interested in continuing the game. He's busy watching his underlings play Noggin Knockers, a game that he made up. Mammoth is not interested in continuing the game. He's busy surviving in the Arctic. Gathano's just not interested in continuing the game. Uh, Rat King realizes he needs to change tactics. He's been sowing chaos for the sake of chaos instead of working with a purpose. 
He enlists the help of Krang, Baxter Stockman, and Null to continue the game with the ultimate prize at stake, control over the whole world. Right King says it's time to end the Pantheon's game and begin the Armageddon game. Dun, dun, dun. The end. Oh, you were kidding. That was fast. Yeah. All right. The next official thing uh, that ties into Armageddon game is the free comic book day issue from 2020 released in May of 2022. Uh, I said free comic book day 2020. I meant 2022. Uh, anyway, so we open on what seems like a familiar uh, situation with four turtles backed into an alley holding their signature weapons. Uh, but this is uh, all from the point of view of a mysterious turtle. Uh, we then open up on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Campbell and Lair, or Campbell and Waltz. <clears throat> we then open up on a splash page, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Campbell and Waltz after Eastman and Laird. The whole situation plays out just like it did in the Mirage universe with the turtles beating up what aren't really the purple dragons, but military uh, people, the EPF, the Earth Protection Force. As the turtles knock, out, knock them out, the mysterious watcher Venus uh, describes the situation. But then uh, towards the end of the issue, as the turtles stand victorious against the EPF, Venus is left simply wondering what the hell is going on. All of this seems familiar before when a visage of the Rat King appears. Good question. Find out answers to this and much more soon. Which then our next issue is the Armageddon game opening moves released this uh, past week in July of 2022. Our issue opens up with Shredder standing over the city, contemplating, thinking about all of the things that he's done in his three lifetimes, uh, wondering what makes a man and does he deserve this third chance to finally uh, make himself worthy? As Kitsune catches him on the balcony, staring over the city, the two begin talking when all of a sudden their sister Aka appears, who had previously been murdered by Kitsune. She then appears to let them know that the Rat King is starting, is starting the game that their family used to play. Shredder and Kitsune then begin to think, what could they possibly do to help stop this? How can Shredder atone for his past lives? Is he going to be the hero in this story, finally? She then takes Rokusaki to go into all of the minds of the people that he recruited in the previous uh, annual issue, starting off with Leather Krang in an alley. Shredder seeing his old kind of ally, kind of nemesis in such a sad state, uh, takes pity on him a little bit, but Kitsune lets him know that there's more there than what it, than what appears as they delve into his mind, into the past, to see what could possibly Rat King could be seeing in, in Krang. We then go years ago onto the planet uh, Bellerophon uh, during the Neutrino War. Krang uh, and his uh, Colonel Cherell are are and the Triceraton forces are just decimating the Neutrinos when all of a sudden out of nowhere, the Nova Squadron appear. The Nova Squadron, or hearing that the Nova Squadron has appeared, Krang orders an immediate retreat from Cherell, who Cherell is not happy about. Uh, but Krang does not want to mess with the Nova Squadron. Seeing that uh, this memory of Krang's has kind of provided them with possibly a new ally, the two 
make note of the Nova Squadron promising to come back to that. They then head off to the next person that uh, that the Rat King has recruited, Baxter Stockman, to see what lies in his head that they could use. To be continued. Man. Bold storytelling. Bold storytelling. So much hype. I am excited. Honestly, yeah, it moved along very quickly. Yeah. It, man. Yeah, it, it was like going home, you know, <laughs> reading it. You know, it's like coming home. Uh, yeah, it, like it feels really good to to read IDW for this because I think this is the first time. Well, I mean, other than Last Runner, which I don't really count as IDW, like this is the first time that we've been able to talk about IDW, the three of us on the show. Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I've always wanted to talk about it. I'm super excited for when we finally get to like issue one of IDW. Uh, you know, like I said, we just really need to get through the 87 series. We've kind of been in it for too long at this point, but, but it's nice. It's nice to jump ahead. It is nice to jump ahead yeah. and be covering something modern that I'm excited about. Uh, interesting that we started our journey into IDW Ninja Turtles with like four comics that don't have the Ninja Turtles in them. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. Right. I mean, to be fair, I did read, uh, pregame which does have the turtles in it so fair enough it, i guess maybe a little <laughs> bit but not really like, no I mean, yeah well no i mean if you don't barely. read it well no i mean it has issue oh if you read issue 84 in it yeah, oh, oh yeah 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 you're right you're right there has like it's an it's a regular issue of the series anyway anyway let's move on to uh the second time around because i'm excited for this one hey nice junk so I, this is not the part I'm excited about yet, but we oh, okay. will start out with, uh, uh, no, that, that's, re- that's reserved for opening moves, number one. So when I get there, I'll get there. But uh, if you guys didn't notice in the first page when Shredder is in hell, his costume he's wearing is the same as his original action figure. I did notice. I thought it was a misprint at first, uh-huh. um, but yeah, like Shredder just does not have a shirt on, <laughs> just like the original action figure. Really? Let me see this. That sounds awesome. I mean, it is hot in hell. True. Yeah. So, so I've heard. So I've heard. It looks pretty hot. Everything's all red. You are right. That is cool. That's a cool nod. Yeah. And then there's also another part of me that's trying to decide if like leather crane is kind of like using the concept or like if it was slightly inspired by maybe not at all but like the ultimate draco from the 2003 series because you've got like the the ultimate ninja and he's got like draco on his stomach talking and they've been fused together you know you took two villains and fused him into one person also draco is so disgusting looking though but leather crane for whatever reason looks amazing it does look super (laughs) cool but i kind of love the disgustingness of ultimate draco but that's a whole nother thing but yes leather crane looks really cool I, I really like it um action figure hopefully from someday <laughs> yeah i didn't realize i guess uh that shredder in hell kind of ends with shredder it sounded like he was getting like like he was in charge of hell kind of like that's yeah. part of his new power set that's what um, it's saying that's what it sounds like here when he's fighting in his dreams and that's what kind of rat king's implying too yeah it's like i don't remember that in shredder in hell so i'm gonna have to read that again yeah, well, I mean, he's just slaying demons there, but Rat King is definitely, I think it's since he, like, is, he's he's some sort of pantheon god now. He still seems like he has some of the dragon in him or that part of him that was made to host the dragon. 
Yeah, uh, I kind of skipped over that in our Pantheon recap, but uh, yeah. Kitsune was using uh, Shredder as like a vessel to reincarnate the dragon into him. It failed miserably. Um, yeah. So you have, well, you'll have to read the normal series for that. <laughs> and it's worth like, it, guys. Kitsune, just, just Kitsune's read. failure doesn't actually tie into this, as weird as that sounds. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like, yeah, it's kind of implied that he's the king of hell, which is pretty dope. Not yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's a sweet title for Shredder. Like leader, like former leader of the Foot Clan, king of hell. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's kind of become like the Hades or something of, of uh, I know we said they're not like Greek gods, but it's kind of like he's become like the Hades of the Pantheon. Yeah. That's all I got for, for that annual. Oh, that is you, you messaged us earlier and you were like, I got the best Easter egg. <laughs> no, just just wait till opening moves number one, man. It's coming oh. up. We still got to cover 2021. Got it. Got well, let, let me transition us from 20 to 21. Uh, in, in the 2020 annual, nobody tells Leatherhead to ride the lightning, which is a Metallica album, obviously. And then in, in 2021 annual, we get another uh, Tom Waltz music reference when Jaguar tells Rat King, Welcome, Welcome to, the, to jungle. the jungle. Yeah, Guns N' Roses. Yep, love that. There you go. And it was like it was like a cool, not splash page, but it was like half a page of like Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. I'm gonna have to keep my eyes open for that because I, I just realized that yeah, he's a fan of like a lot of that hair metal and stuff from the 80s. Yeah, remember we talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, had, a, he had guitars all over his wall and stuff. He did. He's, yeah. Yeah. That's Tom Waltz. He's a cool guy. We should have him on the show sometime. We yeah. Should. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Uh, in 2021 as well, there uh, it's implied that the Pantheon kind of started in Atlantis, that their continent sunk. And so this would be the second time that the Ninja Turtles have had, you know, bad guys or just characters that have come from Atlantis. In the 2003 series, they had like the Olympians and the whole bunch of lore that sprang out of that. Uh, I was going to say, what was the first time? But 2003, I got it. 2003, yeah. There was something about like the 2000s where like everyone suddenly was interested in Atlantis. I don't know why. Uh, I think it, uh, might have, it happened because of the movie Atlantis. It, is maybe well, it's no, kind of I the mean, same as the fascination. <laughs> it could it's be. definitely not because of that. But there were, I mean, there was like a, there was a lot of like you know, the internet was, you know, coming into its own in the early 2000s. So like everyone was like, oh, like let's post all of our crackpot theories. And it's like, oh, we found Atlantis. Because I even remember like their- every. Like every other month, there was like somebody study finding Atlantis or whatever. Yeah, it was a good run there for a while. I remember watching like an episode of Nova on PBS where these guys were like hunting for Atlantis, or maybe it wasn't Nova. It might have been another one. It wasn't Nature? One of those PBS educational shows that you know, as a nerd without cable, I watched as a kid. I well, one hundred percent. Yeah, we talk about uh, when we watch the eighty-seven series, like all the tropes it has to hit from like. Saturday morning cartoons. I guarantee you, there's an Atlantis episode somewhere in there. We just haven't hit it yet because there's it's oh, like Robin so? Hood. Yeah, you know, it's like Robin Hood, Phantom of the Opera, Three Musketeers, body switching episode, uh, body adventurer episode, Atlantis episode. Like every Saturday morning cartoon in the '80s had to have the those episodes. Uh, are you ready? Yes. Atlantis awakes, season seven, episode ten. Boom. Knew it. Wow, look written at that. By, written by David Wise. Ah, okay. Surprise, surprise. It's David Wise. You better wise up. <laughs> David Wise. 
I don't know how we not use that joke yet for David Wise. I don't know because the genius only just struck us right now. There you go. All right. So moving on. Um, free comic book day issue. Free comic book day. I mean, the whole issue. I mean, we knew this too. Yeah. Um, leading up to it, but the whole issue is just a fantastic like twist of the original Mirage issue number one. Um, which I didn't get that at all. You didn't, I didn't get that at all. Yeah. Oh, I totally got it. Give um, me. <laughs> well, it's, it's it was funny too because like a lot of a lot of people in the fandom were like, "What's going on? Why do they have different weapons? Why do they have different weapons?" And like Spencer and I were in all the Facebook groups, like, "Read the book, read the yeah. book, <laughs> like, read the book." And like, yeah, a lot of guys didn't read the book. It was very apparent. Um, but I mean, it it was really cool to see like a lot of those scenes drawn in Sophie's style. Oh but, yeah. Like, yeah. Also, also in like a it, I want to say like a scratchier style. Like she's emulating uh, Eastman. Well, I would say that what it what it really is is the thick dark ink lines, the really thick jagged, you know, inks that are going along with it to shade it. I think is what really sells it. Yeah, I'm really going to get into that, and I love being a turtle because I freaking love the art in that. Oh yeah, in that free comic book day issue. So I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like, it's only really like five or six pages long. It's not. It's not that long, but it is something that kind of offers you a little bit more into Venus. Which, if you haven't read what's been going on with her in the main book, we're not going to talk about that here. Um, but it kind of it kind of ties into that and into Armageddon game. So like Venus is going to be a player here because we also know that she's got a scale of the dragon in her back. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of what powers her. Yeah. So like the dragon actually came for a second and then like immediately died. And so it's carcass is like on New York City getting cleaned up right now. And so one of yeah. those scales was taken and a villain called Dr. Barlow used it to uh, make his Frankenstein turtle come to life and and that's what Venus is. Think like Hannibal Chow in Pacific Rim who would cut up all the kaiju and then like sell it for parts. Yeah. And the Foot Clan is kind of doing that <laughs> with the dragon. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the Foot Clan is very different now if you haven't read past 100. Um, you know, Karai's back in charge of that, so... All right, so on to uh, opening moves number one. So opening moves number one was really cool. Like it was good to see the neutrinos again. It's always a treat to see them, uh, especially when Tom's writing them. Um, just fantastic. Was this the first time that we've seen Charell doing stuff? Like he's been mentioned <laughs> for a long time. No, because we see him for on the battle in Burno Island when uh, Bishop attacks it. Yeah, he's he's been around. I, I think this might be the first oh. time he's like front and center, though. Oh, that's that's what I mean. Like he yeah. like, I I know he's frozen, and I know like, um, you know, like they when the trial of Krang, when the other two, like when Leatherhead eats Krang, and then like the other two are like, oh, okay, let's go back, and they're like, oh, we gotta inform Trell or Marielle about, and then free Trell. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, like I feel like this is the first time we like we saw Trell actually like commanding and like in the trenches and like being the angry little Lutron that we know 
I mean, he he does that. Or in, that everyone tells us that he is. Yeah, he, he does that in those issues when Bishop attacks Burno Island. But but yeah, it's definitely I remember that. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's definitely more upfront right here in the story because he's he's definitely kind of more just commanding from the back and not so much a field soldier. But but yeah, my one note little tidbit Easter egg from opening moves is that the planet that they're on, Balarathon. Is Bellerophon? actually the plant Bellerophon, either way. Uh, because I, I I know this, but I haven't seen the episode. Um, it is where the Technodrome is finally destroyed in the 87 series. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that, but Bellerophon actually makes another appearance in the episode 18 of Ninja Turtles Fast Forward. They go to Bellerophon uh to deliver medical supplies with Torben Zix. Ah, and okay. it even looks like the planet Bellerophon from that series. Check this out. I'll send you guys the pictures. I'm going to be posting pictures uh, of it later after this episode comes out. But they straight up like took the design and look and everything from the yeah, totally. fast forward, which is and... a super cool reference that they'd like care about that detail of this planet that only shows up in a single episode. And <laughs> uh-huh. Bellerophon also shows up in Shredder's Revenge. Does it really? Yeah, it's, it's, one, of the, yeah. it's one of the levels when you go to Dimension X. It's oh. the it's the one with the broken down Technodrome. Yep. Oh, <laughs> wow. So it's really cool that they're using Bellerophon, like, and, and yeah. bringing it back and everything. Yeah, yeah. it's it, like it's really cool that like, it, I mean, it it's 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 a deep cut, and and that's what we love Tom for, like. I, I said it before that like IDW is kind of a checklist of a bunch of like turtles references. Mm-hmm. This, these are good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like this is a good turtles reference. Like this is a deep cut. Even the fact that they like borrowed the visuals from fast forward of the planet and like he actually used them and brought them over. It's like exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so cool. Like yeah. the fact that they, I don't know that they'd even like pay attention to that detail, I guess is, is what's so cool to me about it uh, and that they'd use it. But now, now I even know that it came from the 87 series originally. So it's kind of just a planet that always gets used in Ninja Turtles because they have mentioned this planet before in the Dimension X miniseries. It's kind of like a one-off side reference. Bellerophon. Okay. I'll have to remember that. The, the, the only reason I knew it was because it was in Shredder's Revenge. And it's like, you know, every uh, level says what, where the location so it'll say like you know Silicon Alley or whatever, and and that Technodrome one says Bellerophon. So I looked it up like a month ago, and then saw it here, and I was like, "Hey, I know what that is." I've I've seen those letters before. I've seen those letters. I know words. That's awesome. Bellerophon. So it's it's actually like in the eighty seven series itself. Then that's what it crash landed on at the at the end. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. Yeah, definitely. I was wondering if maybe they referenced it in like Shredder's Revenge, but they cool. No, it's it's in the Red Sky, it's in the Red Sky series, uh, uh, seasons. Huh. Yeah, that is freaking cool. I have learned a whole new thing about Bellerophon and how it apparently uh, finds its way. In, I like in that. I like that. That's where we that we've landed on. Like that's <laughs> that's our biggest second time around so far. <laughs> it is. It's really cool. It is a cool deep cut Easter egg that I'm like proud of us for finding and seeing. Uh, another thing, it's a little less deep cut, but kind of, because not a lot of people have read TMNT Adventures, but the Nova Squadron come from yeah, we've the been, Adventures comic series. We've so, been talking yeah. about the Nova Squadron for a while. 
Um, mm. And yeah, so if you've read, I, I've i called them like kind of the Guardians of the Galaxy of Ninja Turtles. Um, it, it kind of, but they're they're more military. Yes, right now they are. Yeah, right I, now they are. Because I know that like there was a tweet from Tom Waltz that said like first they were a squadron. Now they're a posse. Cause now we've seen in like art that they're calling them the Nova posse. Yeah. So it sounds like they're going to be a group of, you know, vets or something that just like hang out together and are probably and, more and, like the guardians of the galaxy. And remember we had said like, or I had said that like, this was a flashback. So like, it makes sense that they're, you know, more military now. Yeah. Once probably the Krang wars over, you know, they move on. Yeah. So yeah, so far the Nova Squadron slash Nova Posse, Jaguar, and Manmouth are all from the Archie series. There you go. Well, a lot of the mutant animals came from it too. I think like a lot of them. I think made their first appearance in the. Oh RG yeah, series I'm just talking about like the... what we've. Yeah, read, we were. Right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh for yeah, sure, yeah, we've read yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yep. Uh, another cool thing is that Ninja Notes are back. So the letters column in the back of the issues was dead for a little bit, and now they've brought it back. So you can start writing in again. Sweet. And I the series. Should. Yeah. And the series has a new editor now, Charles Beecham. Uh, so he actually was one of the editors or something like that over at like Marvel over their Star Wars portion of comics back when they first got the license. Uh, I only know that because I've listened to him on one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Thank the Maker, the Star Wars podcast. Uh, I've heard him on there talking talking with them. Nice. So, yeah. And, like, we've we kind of learned from Tom Waltz that, like, an editor can have a big effect on a series as well because things like uh, giving Slash the candy bar and things was Bobby Curnow's idea, and they usually credit him in, in some of the writing as well. So I'm excited to see what this new editor brings to the table. Yeah. What's Bobby Curnow up to nowadays, I wonder? I don't know. He left back in January. I think January's issue was his last one. Either that or it was December's. It was one of the two. I hope he's doing well. Me too. It seemed like the leave was voluntary, like he wanted to do something else. So. Oh, yeah. All right. So are we ready to move on to what we didn't like about these issues? Uh, yeah. I think so. Um, and spoiler alert, there wasn't much. Same. Ditto. All right, let's eat some anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. So my only issue with the first annual is that I just didn't like the way Koya was drawn. She's only like in a few panels, but I just didn't really like her face. It looked weird. That's it for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was... It was very early Pablo Tunica art, I think. Was Pablo Tunica the writer on that? The artist on that one, I mean? I'm pretty sure he was. And let me pick it up. That's uh, Adam Gorman. Oh, yeah, it's Adam Gorman. Gorman. I read it earlier. I have it what up here on my thinking notes. thinking of what Tunica was on? Pablo Tunica does a lot of the main oh, line right I'm, now. Oh, I'm thinking of the prelude that I read. Never mind. Yeah. yeah, Tunica Tunica did the oh, Kingdom yeah. of Rats prelude that I was talking about in uh, pregame. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Never mind. Strike all this from the record. <laughs> um, my one of my big anchovies with 
the 2020 annual is like if Rat King can just stop time and make people forget things, like why hasn't he done that with the Ninja Turtles? Because he's chaos. <laughs> yeah, that like and, that that seems like a really powerful tool that he's never used before. That's what I'm saying. Or yeah. since. I mean, granted, he hasn't really had to use it since. He actually does use it. Uh, it's way, way back, though, uh, when he first meets Splinter and Leonardo. He I do, re- I do remember. Makes him forget. I do remember. Th- well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I do remember that. Um, but, like, he didn't use it in the fight with them in issue 84, where, like, he's fighting with them on the bridge. He's got, like, Leo in the, in the thin place. And the well, thin place is also kind of like the dimension that they move around in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, we didn't mention that. It's kind of like an astral plane is what I like an astral plane. But that's the thing is like, we know he can freeze time on the normal, like mortal plane, but I probably can't do it on the astral plane. And if he's being distracted there with Leo fighting him, then he can't well, really but, do it on. Oh, uh, I real see what world. you're saying. I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, no, okay. that makes sense. Cool, the cool, thing cool. is they kind of split up his, his, uh, attention amongst different realms i also i don't understand why harold is trying to blow up the turtle van and and or how krang found it so they left it in the sewer which is where like leather krang has been hanging out because krang like it's implied that like leatherhead is still in some control yes Mm -hmm. or like he's fighting for control so he's like he's kind of keeping krang down there and then when we meet them again in opening moves, like he's trying to starve Crank out now. Like Leatherhead just is like, just kill me, please. Um, and is is like trying to force Crank to like just die with him. Uh, we see it when like uh, Angel and Alapex blow up the turtle van and uh, Leather Crank is like, or Leatherhead is trying to walk him and Crank into the fire. Yeah. But so they just kind of happened upon it and. Yeah, I think they just kind of. Yeah, I think they just kind of happened upon it at the same time. Angel and Alapex are looking for it, Um, and then it's mentioned that uh, Harold and Libby are like out with are out with aliens right now and bringing back alien tech. That's gonna make like the turtle van look, you know, like a kitty toy. I think I think they say, Mm -hmm. Uh, because I think Alapex even says like, "Why are we blowing up the turtle van?" Yeah, and they, you know, they bother to explain. They're like, well, you know, we don't really want to fall into the wrong hands, and the turtles aren't using it because it's in mutant because they're in mutant town. Yeah, and this is sitting. Well, here. no, they were in Northampton. They were. They weren't back. Oh, they in were. Mutant they, town. You're right. They're in Northampton. Yeah. yeah. Either way, they're not here. Yeah, they're not using it, <laughs> and so they don't want just another turtle van lying around for someone to steal. And obviously, you know, for good reason, because now Crane's going to use it to contact Bruno Island because it's got the kind of stuff he needs to get there. True. True. So what I love about the show is sometimes I just half-heartedly read these issues. I'm like, I'll just put in anchovies and Spencer and Michael will explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or at least I'm, guilty, I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that too. Yeah, it yeah. Is, well, I think we've well, all been guilty of that. Well, <laughs> and I mean, that's like why, my my memory of I mean. IDW is spotty at best sometimes. So you know, put it on paper and, and have and you explain love, to me is the best. Yeah. That's why I love doing the show with you guys because it's like we between the three of us, our collective knowledge. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I had for anchovies for the 2020 annual. Cool. 2021. 
Um, not a lot happens in it. Like I, I do enjoy it, but it kind of feels like just like a hype piece to be like, remember Armageddon games is coming. It does have like one important overall character arc for Rat King coming into Armageddon games. So like it's necessary, but it definitely is like a lot of talking and a lot of words. It, yeah, it, it, it feels very much like a flashback issue. Um, something that it, it definitely shouldn't have been an annual in my opinion. Like see that. Yeah. this could have, this could have easily been like, uh, like its own issue. Yeah, but I don't know. I kind of like it when annuals aren't what annuals have become now, where it's just like, here's some one-off story that takes place in 40, you know, 40 issues that doesn't really affect or do anything. It's kind of cool that it actually plays into continuity and and is actually doing something in the story. But that's just yeah. me. My only note was that it was a long ass issue. That's yeah, why it was my, very long. That's why I made my summary so short. <laughs> <laughs> like because I, I told, I told you words. guys, <laughs> I, I, I told them, uh, the guys before we recorded, I'm like, I literally finished it like 10 minutes ago because I was reading these issues today on my lunch. And I was like, I spent my whole lunch and I'm like, I haven't even finished the first issue yet. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I granted, I did read the prelude in 84. So I was like, okay, like I'm kind of, I kind of set myself up for failure, but I'm glad I did read those two issues too because it did give me more context so cool and then i don't have any anchovies for the free comic book day issue or opening moves yeah no uh same uh i'd be i wish that they both were a little longer um i don't the free comic book day is free comic day i didn't pay for that book but armageddon game uh opening moves is it's a premium price. Like it's a $7 book. Yeah. And it's really the same length as a normal book. It's a little bit longer. I think, I think it's got like 28 pages. It's got like 30 instead of, well, yeah, but most of them are variant covers. Uh, let me hear and take a look here. Like Spencer saying 28 story pages. Yeah. 28 I, story 20, pages. And I didn't feel like it. So yeah. it goes oh, quick. It's got, it's got 38 pages in the whole book. Story it, pages are 30 pages of story, which is 10 more know. than you get in a normal, a normal issue. I don't know, but some, something about it, like it didn't feel like it deserved a premium price like that. Yeah, it's, it's a very fast paced book. Like I will say that big panels. Uh, yeah, that, that, that might be, that might be why it feels so weird. It feels so weird because like it, it is a lot of big panels. A lot of big so. panels. And, and when you get close to the end, it's like, Pulse pounding action, you know, yeah. war being fought. And I think that's the other the other part of it. I don't really mind because I love the art, which you know, this is anchovies. I'll get into that later, but <laughs> well, I think that's kind of that's kind of it for anchovies. Like I didn't I, have, like I said, I didn't have very many. Uh, yeah, I've only got one for the I don't have any for opening moves, but free comic book day. Uh on the cover, that little white box in the bottom left-hand corner that covers up Venus's shadow. I really wish that wasn't there because Sophie's art looks so good and like it's mostly covered by a little blank box. Yeah, what's yeah. what's the point of that? Like, why is that there? So that's that's on like all the free comic book day issues. The idea is that like your comic shop would put a stamp or a sticker there to kind of it's like a free advertising space for them. But like Amazing. most comic shops uh, don't do that. So man. Yeah. Well, whatever, I guess. <laughs> Let's talk about what we loved then, if everyone's yeah. good to go. 
I think so. I love being a turtle! Alright, yeah, so we kind of already brought this earlier. Rat King tells Shredder that he now rules the underworld. That's what he says, you now rule the underworld. So, like, Shredder's goal in life was to be, like, the ruler of, like, the criminal underworld. And now he rules hell. Uh, the ultimate is, criminal underworld. The ultimate criminal underworld. <laughs> Doesn't get more criminally yeah. underworld than that. Which is just super cool. I, I love it. So that's that is my opinion on on Shredder becoming the king of hell is that uh cool. What an awesome arc for Shredder. <laughs> yeah. It I like it much better than the like fairy godmother version of him that was running around Mutant Town uh, a couple issues back. But like I'm also good with that too. Like I I'm really like Shredder being redeemed right now and like his mm-hmm. kind of redemption arc and turning over a new leaf, you know, seeing himself as kind of owing a debt to Hamato Yoshi now. Uh it's it's really cool. Like I said, they, they've done the best thing you can do to move past Shredder as a villain, mm-hmm. which is like now make him a good guy. Cause like now you can still have those people that whenever Shredder leaves the story, they're like, Oh, I'm out, you know, it's not the same. He's now there in the story, but he's now like a good guy. And so like you can keep people interested because they Shredder's there and people love Shredder, but now it's not like now the turtles don't have to keep going up against him as an enemy though. Which like we also saw in one of the um uh how was it the first issue of Armageddon game, like the proper book, like Shredder is in the group shot with the turtles, not yeah. like anywhere else so it's very much implied that he's going to be joining them yeah which I, which I really like i do too it is very very cool um, i said this already but it bears repeating that leatherhead slash krang combo is so freaking cool oh yeah it, it, so is awesome. a, it is a striking character it looks super interesting like, I think there's a reason why, like, everyone's interest has peaked as they see the cover of these issues and they see Leather Krang on it. Yeah. You know, like, everyone is instantly like, that looks so cool. Uh, and it's because it does. Great character design. Great idea. I really love the detonator device in the turtle van and how it's, like, labeled uh, <laughs> yeah. with, like, it was, very, it was very simplistic instructions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like smash, or was it break glass, push button, run, bye-bye van. Those yeah, are the, those are the instructions. Like, I love, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those characters that, like, I'm also starting to love along with Harold as as Libby. And, and speaking of which, like, that's probably the other my other favorite part of this issue is seeing all of the old side characters because, like, I fell in love with all of them while while reading the first 100. And like, while you know, like, and this isn't like a a dig at Sophie's run, but like her run definitely made a lot of those characters disappear during it. Uh, they haven't really been there. And so like, it's been great seeing them and seeing them do things because they're, they're some of my favorite things about this series. So I love getting to see them and their personalities again and, and reminder that they're uh, still around. Totally. Yeah. Say so I do love the Pantheon and I would really like to see more, especially of Gathano. Yeah, <laughs> it just looks really cool. I'm yeah, like, what like is Gathano your deal, is just, dude? Oh man, I also something like something about him. Like he seems so cool. Yeah, I, I also like how he doesn't like ever say anything ever until I think this last issue when he just says no. Yeah, I like, then, I like, say, like I love that gag when, when like because like we had been saying like uh, the 2021 annual was like a lot of talking of racking like talking to each individual member of his family 
And then he gets to Cathano and his and Cathano's just like, no. And he's like, okay, and leaves. And you know the Red King went there just for the joke, like probably just to get Cathano to say something. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Just the commitment to the bit is over the top. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I like, I really love just in just in general, like I really love this version of Red King. Yeah. Like I didn't think Turtles really needed its own Loki, but I'm so glad that that's what they turned the Rat King into. Yeah, yeah. it's it is a lot of fun. He's kind of like a Loki slash Joker. Like he's kind of like somewhere in the middle of the two. A Loker, a Loker, <laughs> or a Jokey, but, I guess. But <laughs> Jokey, there you go. Jokey's much better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like he, because like I, I love him, like in the Mirage comics, yes, like in his original appearance, but. There isn't much more that you could have really done with that character outside of that single issue. And then like it, you know, the fact that they even brought him into like another part of a series when, you know, Splinter's down in the hole during City at War. Uh, like that's about all you could probably really do with the character. So like yeah. this is kind of an upgrade for him in a sense that like he can now be a full-on villain that does things in the background and is kind of a constant threat and is constantly doing things. And that's what I, I mean, I just, I love the design of him in, in this too. Like, it's such a cool, like, weird, gothic, like, uh, almost, I don't want to say like Tim Burton-esque, but like, it, it's it's such a cool design for this character. And, but like, it's so it's also very different from every other rat king we've ever seen yeah maybe like i think the only one it really kind of comes close to is like the 2012 rat king mm -hmm. yeah a little bit and, and, even then, the big and even then they're like way two very different vibes too yeah well the other thing with this rat king is he does have the wrappings on his body like you know in different spots on his body they're mostly on his arms you know and it's kind yeah. of it's less of like a mummy look and but still, there's the wrappings there. So there are some things that they did borrow and kind of take from, from the original Rat King. But it's one of those cases where usually I kind of like things appearing as how they were first introduced. And I kind of, I don't know, I, I can get a little, uh, I guess, puritanical in my comic book lore. But this is one case where I'm like, this is for the better at the end of the day, because we now have like another big villain for the Ninja Turtles. And I, I really like it too. Are we ready to move on to the free comic book day issue? Uh, oh, wait. So I guess I still got some still in 2021, if that's where we're yeah. at. Oh, yeah. um, I really like how they shrink the cast in this, like how they kind of get the other pantheon gods out of the story. And it's mm -hmm. essentially by developing them out of the story. <laughs> you know, like how do you get rid of immortal characters, you know, and kind of like get them out of your, your book so you can kind of make sure things don't get too bloated and big. You straight up just develop them to the point where they're tired of this game and they're just out of it now. And now we don't really have to worry about them. We might see them again, but for now, no one has to question why these other people aren't showing up, why they're not here, because they can leave them out of this for as long as they want. Yeah. And it kind of gives like Rat King that annoying little brother syndrome where it's like, come on, guys, play the game with me. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Come on, guys. Like, yeah. They're always like, man, we don't freaking care. It's been forever. <laughs> like, give it up. Well, that's, <laughs> and that's him because you can get Sune doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's the other thing I liked about this a whole lot, though, is that because before people have been like, what is this game that they're playing? And, and at the end of the day, like, they don't even know anymore. You know, like it was a game of like one upping each other and like, oh, I'm, you know, better, more powerful, have more than you. 
but like it's completely lost a goal or sense like they they can't really win it they can't really lose it there's no stakes and so like it kind of resolves that issue that i feel like a lot of people have had with the pantheon and this whole game concept and so like now he's kind of being like yeah like our game has completely lost meaning there isn't anything here and so now he's starting a new one with stakes and with a prize and with a goal uh which is what this issue establishes and i think it does that really well really cool it's uh, you know it's it's almost like tom watts kind of wrote himself into a corner with this pantheon and he's just like pivoted pivoted it into something way cooler you know yeah <laughs> brilliant work tom if you're listening <laughs> yeah i also like how just nuts the den of delights is it like with like the weird like ball that has like two faces on it and like just <laughs> Everything i like toad baron man toad baron's yeah. amazing oh man <laughs> he's he's fun you know he kind of he kind of brings in that fun energy that you can find in different you know corners and ninja turtles that i really like yeah all right that's it I, i'm done kind of gushing over the free comic book day uh issue <laughs> yeah anything for you mike uh i mean kind of i've been chiming in with you guys like it's all it's all good it's like yeah i i wish it was longer like mm-hmm. or yeah. I, I want more of Sophie in this style. Yeah. No 100 percent Yeah. All right. So on to opening moves. So the first four pages are a summary. And I usually complain about that, you know, clip shows, yada yada. But mm-hmm. because of the layouts and the art, it is super interesting and great to look at. And so I don't care. Like, tell me everything that's happened to the shredder all over again. Because like the panels and stuff or the, like they're in the folds of his cape and like in the robe of splinter and like it just the layouts of these pages look so cool and pleasing and the art is just fantastic. Good job, Pharaoh Pay. Like it looks so good. Have we seen I don't Pharaoh even care Pei before? This is the first time I think he's been on the book. I don't okay. remember seeing his art before. I, I swear, like, Ninja Turtles has some of the best artists rotating in and out of it. Like, mm-hmm. Therope, San Luco, Campbell. I mean, they're all just amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, like, it just looks really cool. <laughs> I'm excited, too, for the Nova Squadron slash Nova Posse. And weirdly enough, like, I forget the big character's name. Was it Rook? The big yellow guy? Oh, I'm trying to remember, but I'm checking the hope. Anyway, like it's he's smoking a cigar in one of the one of the panels. It's just weird to me. Like I never see a character smoke in comic books anymore. But like I grew up with Wolverine smoking all the time. So like that was a weird nostalgia trip for me. I was I was pleasantly surprised to see someone smoking in a comic book. Because <laughs> yeah, I guess Hellboy started in the 90s as well, which yeah. Yeah. I think his name is Grotto. Grotto, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I like I read so fast that like I just didn't pay attention to all of their names. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be seeing more of them. Yeah, I for, think. Um, you know, I think so too. I think I, something about these guys. Yeah, and I would argue they already have more personality than they did in the RG series. <laughs> like they were kind of they swooped in and took the turtles off to space, but they didn't really get like a whole issue or or backstory or anything. So yeah. Hmm. Well, that is at, cool. least, at least from what I remember, and again, spotty at best sometimes. So, so guys, if they're having flashbacks on Bellerophon, right? And Milk Run involves them going to Bellerophon with Torben Zix. Do you think Torben Zix is going to make a comeback in the IDW series? 
You're going to lose your mind, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'd rather what. see the Inuashi Gungeon. But yeah, it'll be Shobunaku coming back. Yeah, Shokanabo. <laughs> Shokanabo, there we go. <laughs> the other thing that I also thought was really cool in this issue is they gave Krang a title. They called him Krang, Last Prince of the Utroms. Yeah. Which is such a cool title for the character. Like, they just made Krang sound that much cooler. He's, Maybe it's because he's I'm basically thinking... He's basically Vegeta. As I was about to say, maybe it's because I'm thinking of Vegeta when I (laughs) hear that. The last prince of the Saiyans. He's Krang, the last prince of the Utroms. And it's a cool, ominous sounding name. And I, they should just call him that forever now. You know, like sell an action figure of him, have Krang, last prince of the Utroms. I think this really... It's one of those where you have to say his entire name every single time or else... I think this all just really solidified how much I love Krang when he's separated from Shredder. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I Krang is a million times more interesting when he's not like when he's not paired with Shredder. Like, I like him. I like him when they're an uneasy ally. Mm -hmm. But like Krang on his own is just like he can. He doesn't. He doesn't need. He carries Shredder in '87. Let's be let's be real here. Yeah, yeah, totally. But the other cool thing about when like there's like them being separate, and him being a neutron instead of a brain, and everything else is the like the whole backstory we've got with Utraman on in this series, and like his personality that's developed around that of him being like you know a prince of the Utrams and trying to save his people, and but also being a war criminal. Like all of it is. <laughs> Yeah, what's good, it's good because he's a villain. He totally believes he's right. And like, if you were seeing it from his point of view, like, yeah, absolutely. He's like the last savior of his race in his mind. And mm-hmm. that means that he can like kind of cheat and steal to get ahead because he's so far behind. And that's what makes him a war criminal. So it, it he's a great villain. Yeah. Like this, this series fleshes him out to a whole new level. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. So what, when is the next issue coming out, Spencer? Do you know? Good question. The main I'm, series. I'm excited about, about this Armageddon game, I tell you what. Yeah, I think the main series issue is coming out. It either just came out last week or it's coming out this week. I'm behind Let's on that here. too. But... Yeah, 131, it looks like, uh, is already out. So that is there for people to read. I guess I was just slacking on it for some reason i don't Wait, know 131 oh no no 131 is not out it comes out yeah. july 27th I was so like, no i was like no 131's next week 130 just came out oh one th- oh yeah and i just read 130 so when is uh opening moves number two coming out uh that's gonna be in august probably in the middle towards the beginning like the the second week of august i think that's when this first okay. one came out but i'll have to oh, wait i want to read it now <laughs> The next one's about Baxter Stockman, and Baxter Stockman's so cool too. Yeah. Okay. I'll be good. <laughs> you yeah, can do that, it. That's, that's the idea. other. That's <laughs> the other cool thing is how they're like going on like mental journeys with these characters to like find stuff and people that they're afraid of. Like, like yeah, that is also a cool concept. That it's it's a cool way of giving a, the backstory to the character, and also like it's a, it's a it's a cool trick they're doing to get the upper hand against these guys. Yeah. Can't just, wait to cover you this. You know what? Just a bit. So yeah. So ra- so wrapping up uh, all of this. Re- read Armageddon game. Like it's gonna be huge, and you know just 
I'm I'm hesitant to call it the new like generational arc like City at War is for Ninja Turtles, but like I really hope this gets up there to be like just the biggest thing in Ninja Turtles like comics. Yeah. yeah. I like I think this will be I mean, you know, I, I don't want to overhype things because I feel like we live in a world that overhypes everything way too much right now. But uh, and then people are disappointed because nothing can ever live <laughs> up to the hype that they yeah. built something up to be. But yeah. let us overhype it for you. But let yeah, us overhype well, it let, for you. Let us overhype it for you. Yeah. Exactly. When I exactly when I say that, like, I really think this might be like the next big like arc that you see that gets repeated in Ninja Turtles, much like City at War or, you know, Return to New York. It would not surprise me if this actually does have a, a somewhat of a big impact, if it if it can, if it's allowed to, because it's it's like really building up to be something big so far. We're only and we're only like three issues in. So yeah. So yeah, like we said, uh, Spencer gave out the dates for the next issues. So definitely head on down to your local comic book store, set up a pull list. Uh, you can grab everything that we read today pretty easily. Um, you know, either in the Comixology app or um, they should even be in your long boxes at the comic book store. So definitely check them out. All right. So we're ready for news. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. Uh, God, are we ready for news? So this is going to be kind of a weird news segment because we are recording this uh, on preview night for San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, so right now there isn't any really big news, uh, but what is, uh, it's literally happening as we record this. I'm sending the pictures to the guys, uh, a friend of mine down there, Mike Tuffley, uh, fantastic photographer, um, shot my, uh, photos when I got proposed to my wife or when I proposed to my wife, um, uh, he's down at NECA's booth right now and sending me pictures. Uh, so I've literally, these are all going to be blind reactions because I've sent them to the guys as we're, as we're recording this. Oh yeah. Um, so we got really nice high definition pictures of NECA's booth and we can see uh, a lot of the new figures. Uh, so starting at the top of what he had sent us, um, I also posted these in our Ninja Turtle discord. If you are uh, in there, you can go check them out in the toys channel. Uh, but we can see the Archie Ray Filet. Uh, we can see the Claw Shredder from the Loot Crate. We can see the Archie Slash and uh, the box that uh, the Archie Turtles are going to be in. Uh, and then the Clothed Last Ronin and the Unarmored Last Ronin. Uh, and those boxes as well. Then we have the uh, Universal Cross, Universal Monsters Cross Ninja Turtles uh, figures. Uh, everybody's there except Donatello. Or no, Donatello. Actually, no, all of them are there. Mm-hmm. All uh, all four turtles, uh, Splinter as Van Helsing, and April as the Bride of Frankenstein. All all of them are there. Yeah, they just... Is there the Van Helsing Splinter there? I don't know if I saw him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see on, him now. Very yeah, end. Just, yeah. on, just on the edge of the photo. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, there so, he is. So then next up, we have uh, just below that some more of the uh, Mirage figures. So we have Fugitoid, the Utram. Uh, I think Casey is there. But we also have the other two mutant shredders. That's really cool. Uh, to the, go the with the claw shredder. shredder and, the sh- and the shrimp shredder. And the shrimp shredder. So, uh, again, this is all brand new at the um, – uh, 
you know, on preview night of the show. So there's no information along to go along with these. Um, just, you know, these are pictures at the booth tomorrow. Uh, Thursday is the first full day of Comic-Con. So we might hear more. Um, Pixel Dan is down there and him and Randy from NECA always have the Dan and Randy show uh, where uh, Randy walks him through the booth, shows them all the new stuff and they may do a reveal or two. So uh, we'll definitely retweet that because that's always a highlight for me of Comic-Con, just of all the news that they go over. Uh, so then next up is the giant uh, just cartoon Ninja Turtles display um, and a couple of new reveals in there as well. Uh, so we can see the brand new uh, sewer diorama that uh, Trevor uh, from NECA kind of teased in Speaky Geeky's video. Um, so we can see one portion of it is Donnie's lab uh, with uh, some baby turtles, like little the little turtle tots from uh, when they got turned into babies. Very cute. Uh, then we can see Donnie's uh, portable dimensional generator, as well as probably one of his very many pizza making machines. We don't know. <laughs> Looks like a custom piece for a roadkill Rodney too. Which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. Head popped and popped off. Yeah. And then some more like busted mousers. Then next up, back on the street level, we have our first uh official or no, no, our first official, like I guess, reveal of Mona Lisa and Dirk Savage. When we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, we saw it on the back of a box. The figures are there in person at NECA's booth. Uh, as well as some of the permutation figures. So uh, human Hamada Yoshi was down there. Then human Bebop and human Rocksteady are standing next to Scrag. Um, I didn't see Baxter Stockman, human Baxter running around somewhere. Uh, but at the very top level of the display, they have Bugman. Yes. Who will be, will be watching his episode soon. I know. Kind of, kind of funny. Uh, then we get, uh, in the middle of the street diorama between the two buildings, uh, there is probably one of the biggest reveals that I thought was uh, Mac from Attack of Big Mac. A very disturbing robot. Yes. Yeah, just a very disturbing robot. Kind of, kind of weird. Uh, I, I gotta think he's paired with like Rex One or something. Yeah, the robot. Yeah, that would make that would make a lot of sense. Uh, who is right, standing right next to uh, the street scene? Rex One in all of his giant glory, uh, and Irma kind of standing behind him with uh, Rex's re remote control. Uh, above them, we have uh, Rhino Man, and I can't remember Bebop's <laughs> name, right? But we're watching those episodes soon. Warthog Man until further notice. War yeah. <laughs> uh, Mighty Hog. Mighty Hog. That's right. I mean, there's Mighty a giant hog. M on his chest. So. Oh, there we go. Uh, and then standing next to them, uh, probably the biggest reveal, I think, um, of a figure that we didn't know was coming is uh, Lotus Blossom and her husband, Chakahachi. That's his name. Like, didn't expect the two of them, or at least didn't expect Chakahachi. 
I mean, at least he's maybe not her husband, but he's the husband of the old soul of his wife that was trapped inside it. Anyway, it's, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it was a terrible episode, regardless. So that, but now we know that whoever is making these toys is at the exact same spot that we are in the cartoon because we're making like all these episodes right around. So I mean, we're watching Bug fully, Man and Rhino Man, and we just watched Lewis Blossoms. That fully explains why Hokum Hair isn't there yet. Right. Which is yeah. fine. I'll forgive it if that's why. It's beginning of season five, right? Yeah, end of season four, beginning of season five. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we're back down in the sewer lair uh, where we have the living room. The neutrinos are hanging out with the, tur- uh, with the turtles down there. Um, and then there's the kitchen. Uh, so it looks like the sewer diorama is three parts, which is absolutely huge like the three dioramas are wider than two of the street uh dioramas put together so like just absolutely incredible um display of figures which is just to me is absolutely nuts because like the last time i was down there and i saw NECA, like they only had the arcade figures like they couldn't do any of these so it just it it just it's mind-boggling to me to see this huge display. Yeah, I th- really think that like Ninja Turtles is like hitting like another spike in popularity. Like I, I feel like that they're like because they're bringing back their comic book line. Like people are suddenly discovering the comic books now. Because so I feel like you have had a lot more people coming back and reading the comic books, and so like their comic book line is coming back, and they're creating more of those. It seems like they've, you know, they're even teasing possibly making an IDW line. You know, we have last Ronin figures coming out. So it's kind of cool that, you know, people are finally reaching out and like discovering these other parts of the franchise that have come back uh, or that, you know, discovered it for the first time. Uh, but either way, it's great because we're getting more Turtles fan, more Turtle stuff. Yeah, exactly. And you know, there, there's a lot of figures on display here that I'm definitely going to be picking up. So, um, like I said, this is preview night of Comic-Con. If you've never uh, paid attention to Comic-Con in San Diego before, uh, there's five nights. Wednesday is the preview night where everything kind of opened at five o'clock uh, or six o'clock. Everybody can walk around. Nobody's really displaying anything, but people can pick up early exclusives and stuff like that. So, um, we'll definitely be talking more about what is revealed uh, throughout the weekend. Um, so keep an eye on our Facebook and our Twitter um, and our Instagram, because that is where we'll be posting as many photos as we can. Like we're not physically there, so I'm relying on friends of mine that are um, down there. So, uh, and then just whatever we can find news uh, newsworthy. Um, also on Saturday, uh, there's going to be an IDW uh, panel talking about our uh, call. The panel is called the future of the Ronin verse. So some big heavy implications there. Yeah. They're supposed to be talking about the last Ronin. Um, they're supposed to be talking about the IDW series and the uh, new comic book that's coming out here in a little, like in September, that's about the 87 series. Yeah. So hopefully there's going to be some reveals of that. Um, but like I said, keep an eye on Ninja Turtle Power Hour um, on all of our socials so that we can bring you that news with hopefully some very good pictures and stuff from the show. 
Speaking of the uh, our socials, we have just created a coffee. That's K-O-F-I. Uh, you can go there if you like the show and tip us. Uh, leave us a little bit of money. Uh, that way we can probably pay for some of the expenses that are on the side with this show. <laughs> there's, there's no, there's, there's no easy way to do that, but yeah, guys, we created, we created a coffee. Uh, if you guys are interested in just, you know, kicking a little bit our way, uh, to, you know, just the fun server costs or whatever, um, absolutely no obligation to do that. If you, it's out of the kindness of your hearts, let us know, you know, let us know that you did it too. Um, and you know, we, we'd, we'd love you and give a huge shout out. All right, guys, this is Mike and Spencer from the future coming in with Channel 6 News. Yeah, so we, we did the news with Keith a little bit already, mm-hmm. um, but we wanted to do a wrap-up of some of the stuff that went over at Comic-Con. Uh, so uh, we talked about in the previously recorded news segment um, on preview night, so we got to see a lot of the, Neca, the new NECA reveals, including the new Mirage Turtles that are based on Jim Lawson's art. Uh, over the weekend, they did show off uh, more of the last Ronin toy line. Um, so we get to see our first look at uh, the, like, Leo and Raph from the flashback scenes from issues two and three. Um, so those look really good. And then as well as the foot Sinja, just like Synthesoid Ninja. Um, basically the patrol bots that you saw throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those look super and so they cool. are fully there. Yeah, like those those work as like cool ninja robots on their own. Like they don't even have to be Ninja Turtle related. Like those look pretty sweet. Yeah. And then... Like, mm-hmm. I might want to pick up a couple of them just for fun. Yeah. Yeah, them and like I, I'm kind of... I'm really tempted to kind of go in on these last Ronin figures. I, I said like just about any figure that makes me go, Ooh, that's cool. And then I never get it, but they're really cool. <laughs> yep. Join the Spencer. Join, join, join me in the toy. If I, the you toy know, community. when I get a place with a bit more space and I have like a house and like somewhere to put all this, I will join maybe <laughs> a little bit more disposable income. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and then uh, was first revealed in Pixel Dan's uh, walkthrough was hidden in the back of the display that we didn't see last time. Uh, there apparently was a tune version of the last Ronin. Mm-hmm. Wasn't nobody talked about it. Nobody asked anything about it. So I'm really curious to see uh <laughs> if that actually comes out or if it was just a fun easter egg they threw in there so yeah uh you can go see that on pixel dan's uh pixel dan's socials yeah and then for comic books so that big panel they had uh that we already mentioned in kind of in our news talking about uh comic-con but being that this last weekend it, we ended up learning that there's actually going to be a new last Ronin book the last Ronin, in the lost years so that's going to be taking place in between Michelangelo's brothers having been dying and him, I guess, go, going into Japan uh, in between then and the last Ronin. So 
pretty excited. So like to see during what they Mikey's during Mikey's time in the mountains, are we thinking? That's what it's looking like. Like looking at the cover and hearing that it's in between, you know, that flashback and the current uh, current story arc. That's what it seems like. We'll we'll, we'll be there. Gotcha. And then so the, maybe uh, there'll be more flashbacks okay. too. We don't know. So this is a, uh, I think it said it was a four or five issue series. Yeah. So really excited to see where that, like where that's going to go. Uh, you could find out more about that. Uh, we put the link in our uh, post about it. IO9 got the exclusive reveal. So uh, head on over to our social for the link to the uh, to all of the detail of like when it's coming out and all that stuff. Oh, then just as a really cool, just as a really cool thing, uh, on the Saturday night of yeah. Comic Con, that's always like the the big the big parties and everything. Uh, you know, you may have, you may have heard of him, little little artist known as uh, Mr. Kevin Eastman won the lifetime or the hall of fame for the eisner awards which is pretty much the most prestigious uh award you can win in comic books yeah the uh, an eisner so, is like winning an oscar essentially yeah exactly yeah for for comics yeah and so uh kevin eastman and um and stan sakai both yeah. got into the hall of fame stan sakai got another i mean stan sakai has multiple eisners this one he got yeah. for his book, Chibi Usagi, Attack of the Hebe Chibis. And I, I love that title. That's that book. a great title. It is. Uh, so, yeah, both of them, actually, you're right. They uh, both got Eisner's this, this year. So, yep. Uh, so that is it. That is everything that kind of happened over Comic-Con. Uh, we now return you to your regularly scheduled closing monologue that we do yeah we'll, we'll just take you back to the past yeah okay yeah go, <laughs> go back to the past now uh but yeah guys thank you again for listening to another episode of the ninja turtle power hour um you know we absolutely just do this show for everybody and you know it's, i really i really like just you know talking about Ninja Turtles with you guys. So I'm glad we got to do this uh, talking about IDW. Finally, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let us know somewhere on the internet um, what you thought of the show. If you have any questions about Armageddon game, we'll do our best to answer them. Uh, Ninja Turtle Power Hour, Ninja Turtle PH on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, uh, yeah, leave a review. Let us know what you think, and we love you. Yeah, guys. So Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we have a huge special surprise episode coming up. We can't wait for you guys to hear it and things. It's kind of a, a pretty prominent step forward for this podcast. So we're uh, pretty proud of it. We hope you enjoy it. And uh, next week, you'll see what we're talking about. So that's our show this week. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, Cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. I had it. Damn it. I had it. Oh, I, I, I forgot it. Was it welcome to the jungle? No, it was in that. It was in that issue, though. Was it?
No. no I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. No skivers here, mate. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It was what the, the, bowl the, two, the two yeah. faced yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, that buildup was not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. I'm trying to decide if I want to leave that whole thing in there or not. But <laughs> you know yeah. what? It's so stupid. You absolutely should. I, I or maybe, maybe I will just cut it down to the dose give us here, Matt. Keep, keep yeah. up the tradition. No, 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 no. It's fine. I, I don't mind. I don't mind being stupid. So. I was a uh, long time no see. Yeah, it's been a long time, guys. How's it been? I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, my my voice is still shot from uh, yelling at a concert. So from because well, I had went to another one that last weekend. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to Weird Al on Friday. Pretty excited oh, about that. I would I just wanted to go. Yeah, that seems like it would be a crazy concert. I would really dig that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. Okay, so we got they have Mona Lisa and Dirk Savage on display. Okay. Um, they have the sewer diorama on display. Uh, Lotus and um, God, her husband in that episode. Yeah, that guy. That very uh, memorable character. <laughs> uh, Rhino Man and whatever Bebop was called in that one. I think we're coming up on that one, aren't we? Yeah. Isn't that this uh, week? Like, yeah. Uh, well, we're not recording next week, but the week after that. Yeah. 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 Uh, and Bugman. Bugman. We're also coming up on that one, too. Fighter of the Pesticide Man. Actually, I, think, I don't know. Aren't both of those next time? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there we have it then. That's exciting. We're covering uh, the episodes about the most recently revealed action figures then. Cool. Neato. It's like someone's just watching season four right along with us. I know. <clears throat> Dude, I, I'm pretty sure there are like, sometimes I just don't think it's coincidental when I see people like discussing stuff at the same time that we brought it up on our show. <laughs> you're probably right yeah because it, it happens yeah. like sometimes on like on reddit and things and i'll be like i don't think this is a coincidence which is cool but uh 
like there's someone that pointed out oh yeah there's someone that brought up headhunter uh the other day and i'm like i don't know if they would have known about the you know I'm, I'm thinking this person was listening to our episode and reading those issues alongside us but anyway kind of they they put out token razor like not as part of a special thing i really want that those figures no they, they're coming they're they're coming just later this year that's good they should be they should be this summer The rest of them, eh, I'm not really into Lewis Blossom. Bugman looks disgusting. Yeah, he looks kind of weird. Super Bebop and Mighty Rocks, did he look okay? Or no, that's not their names, but Rhino Man and whatever the hell Bebop is look pretty cool. <laughs> I also want a Mutagen Man, frankly. I don't have a Mutagen Man. Oh, man. If they a made... If they made a, a mutagen man of like the IDW series, like if they're actually going to be, you know, doing IDW figures that aren't just the last Ronin, yeah. I'd get that. I love. Well, like I was saying, the um, the uh, oh, shit. What was I saying? That tweet that Randy put out yesterday. You know, I don't think it was a mistake. He said IDW instead of Ronin. I mean, you you may or may not be wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a 50, I'm either right or I'm wrong. Yeah, but, yeah. but bold statement. Yeah, yeah I know. He, I know. That's that's one of those like things you have to really be careful to say. Like, like I was telling Zach uh, Norris, the like, there's a lot of weight when you say that. And yeah. I, Randy, Randy's very careful about what he says and how he says it. Generally, sometimes he's got he comes his ear off to the ground. Ass. Well, no, no, Randy's um, Randy's the the director. Yeah, I'm just saying. At, no, he's like he's at, actually got an ear to the ground on like Ninja Turtle community, and he's like, I know what it means when I say IDW. Oh no, no, no! It's not even an ear to the ground thing. It's oh. it's a it's a don't announce stuff before you have it ready kind of thing. Mm, I see. And so by him kind of teasing saying you know idw instead of ronin when people were like hey do you have the ronin light or do you have the idw license too on top of ronin Mm -hmm. like he knows the implication that carries so i so i think it was kind of deliberate that he said that all right well that's pretty cool then i ground check in their bag hey who is so i'm looking at these pictures there's one of Man, irma and rex one along the bottom uh, it's like the third one. Who's yep. in the window behind me, Jaman? That's a pizza monster. Oh, okay. I see it now. Yep. Yeah, the figure you have. Yeah, right. I thought it was something different. I see now. It's like his the front of his face. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they've got Leatherhead in the window back there. A few different people. Yeah, I need a Leatherhead too. Yeah, I, I kind of want Leatherhead. Um, I don't really want Slash. So I got to find a loose one. I'm kind of wondering, like, how much money they're Oh, kinda... wait, they have Mac there. They have Big Mac. Look Big in the Mac first or pi- Rex 1? No, look in the picture, the first picture with Mona on the left. They have Big Mac right there next to the Mousers and Chrome Dome. Oh, yeah, there he is. 25. Oh, I was wondering what that was. I thought it was just a pile of uh, 
Mauser parts or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like I thought it was parts too. And I was like, wait a minute, that's too specific. Yeah. That that looks very much like a white Johnny Five. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh, cool stuff. Well, has it been too hot where you guys are? Yeah, uh, I haven't yeah, been outside in a while. So. The heat, not, wide, not heat wave sweeping the nation. I'm forced to have the outside come inside because apparently my AC decided to crap out today. So, Ooh, uh, that I'm sucks. recording with the AC on. So, yeah, I, it, I mean, it blows air. It's not cold air. It's just blowing air. Yeah. So, I'm uh, already it's just sweating. A yeah, I need to need to dig out our fans we put a ceiling fan in our master bedroom in the nursery and it's made all kinds of difference oh i highly recommend yeah i wish i had a home so i could just install ceiling fans (laughs) thankfully all of them come all apartments uh come with them here so all right